Hey now, D2 sports fans. Hopefully you enjoyed your first ever D2 day, but it's time to get back to business with an all-new episode of the D2 Nation podcast. I'm your co-host, Wayne Cavati, and joining me, as always, is the great Bethany Bowman. Hey there, Bethany. Hey, good to be back. Another episode. Thanks for having me again, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, we're creeping along. We're we're getting closer to March. Conference championships are underway in both D2 men's and women's basketball, and, and it's going to be an insane March. Right, right now, both the two-time defending champion uh, Northwest Missouri State on the men's side and Lubbock Christian on the women's side are outside the top ten. There, there's just no way to even gauge what's going on. And for the first time, we're calling the Bearcats and the Shaps underdogs. Yeah, pretty crazy. I will throw in that uh, my alma mater got a sweep of the Bearcats this year, and, and I, I love the Bearcat coaching staff. They're awesome, but um, they've obviously set the standard. So. Um, it's pretty cool then to to get a couple wins over them. But it's, yeah, it's already looking like the Madison March is here. And, you know, where things look kind of normal is on the D2 baseball field. That's where defending champion Wingate has come out of the gates with an 11-1 start and is looking very much like the team that shocked the world in Cary, North Carolina last year. So joining us today are head coach Jeff Gregory and the red-hot hitting Michael Dansky. Welcome to the nation, gentlemen. Hey, how are we all? Thank you. Good. Thanks for jumping on. Um, so we, we like to ease things in with the show, you know, and kind of and lead off where things kind of started off. So, um, you know, we'll start with you, Michael. This question is going to be for both of you, but we'll start with you, Michael. What brought you to Wingate and, and you know, um, D2 baseball in, in general? Uh, when I came on my visit here, you know, it really felt like a home. And I just enjoyed, like, the coaching staff. They were nice. And, you know, the campus was really nice. And, Everything about it just felt like the right place, so I just chose to come here. I don't regret it. Were there were there multiple visits that you had, and was there a decision that had to be made, or was it kind of you walked on campus and you knew you were home? I talked to one of our assistant coaches for a while and then finally came on a visit, and after that first visit, a few days later, I committed, so it wasn't too much like thinking around I kind of knew once I came on campus that it's the place I want to go yeah well it's working out for you so far now coach on the other hand you've been here for quite some time so I why don't you uh why don't you tell us how you wound up uh being the head coach for the Bulldogs uh well you know my track was kind of like Michael's um you know, I had, you know, a few visits, a little bit of injuries coming out of high school. And I actually, I tell people all the time that I made my decision as far as like coming to school here to play the Wingate uh, June after I graduated my senior year. And so I was one of those late ones that made a decision and, you know, didn't really have a path, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but <clears throat> I had a friend of mine I grew up with that was in, in pro ball at the time. And by the time I was a junior, kind of realized that I was not as good as he was and I needed to figure out a different path. You know, and I wanted to get into player personnel, player development, you know, the professional level, because that was an interest. And in order to do that, I wanted to get a master's and have a business background and go with my sport management undergrad. So to pay for it, I applied for the GA job here. My collegiate coach hired me on and started coaching. It was everything I wanted to do. It just happened to be at the college level. And you know, I tell people all the time I haven't worked a day in my life since then. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of been an interesting track. I, I worked for my head coach for, for years. And then when he got out of the game, I got a chance to work for a gentleman by the name of Alan Osborne. Worked for him for three years. And when he left um, to go back to the University of Georgia to be an assistant coach there, um, I felt like it was time for me to, you know, take a, take a shot at this. And so 
you know, working under two different head coaches at the same place, it's a little bit unique. That doesn't happen very often. Um, but I had the opportunity to be able to take over the program in the summer of 2010, and I've been here since then. Baseball is obviously a long season, the longest of any college sport, but what the Bulldogs did in the SAC tournament and then in Cary was quite the run. You won five straight elimination games against top 15 teams. Michael, we'll start with you. And then, Coach, when did you realize something special was happening last season? Uh, I mean, kind of felt it, like, the whole year that we had a good group of guys and, you know, we could do something pretty special. But I would say after that first game in conference tournament, we kind of felt like, you know, we could beat some teams. And once we ran the table there, we just kept – having some momentum, kept building off it, and took it all the way. So it was a good run. Yeah. And then, then Coach, when for you did you start to be like, maybe I've got something here? Um, There was a couple different things that kind of stuck out to me. You know, it kind of started in the fall. We had had our group back, um, and they had all been, you know, key guys for our program and all – done a lot of really good things but you know anything I threw at my practice if they struggled with it one day the next time they saw it they did very well with it and so you kind of knew that they just were <clears throat> could handle what they needed to handle um, we felt like we were talented we felt like we were a good group and they were very very close and then when it came into the season you know we just started playing we, we kind of caught stride a little bit uh, probably a couple weeks into it once we figured out with all the the new aspects of COVID and the fact that we went from a three games, you know, conference weekend to four game conference series over the weekend, we were playing double headers. And once we kind of, you know, figured out how to navigate that, um, guys just started playing better and better throughout the year. And then I think there was a couple of things that happened, you know, where, you know, we, we had a tough loss there at the end of the, of the regular season and guys responded the right way and came out the next day and won two games that we needed to. And then we got into conference tournament, like Mike was talking about, and we played very well right at the very first game. We dropped the next game. And then, you know, you get into a back and forth <clears throat> game with Catawba, you know, and, and and they brought Ketchy in. And he's been as solid of a, an arm that I've seen at the collegiate level. And he had beaten us earlier in the year. And then we had three straight hits, you know, to walk off on him and to win that game in a conference tournament. And we just kind of kept momentum going. And then, you know, even happened after the break uh, for three weeks and going into a regional tournament, you know, my concern was, was like, what was the first three innings going to look like? Because we haven't played. And, you know, we had a good first first inning because we were the home team. And then, you know, I think the second pitch that they threw, McCann Mellett hit about 450 feet for a home run. And it just kind of like the momentum just kept going. And so we, we felt like we had a team that, you know, obviously compete in our region that could get to a World Series. And then once you get to the World Series, you know, it's just who's able to continue to play well in that environment. So here's Little Wingate, not one of the larger D2 schools, and the SAC, which has very good teams, had not won a D2 title before, and now here we are in 2022, and I'm sure there's no pressure at all whatsoever to repeat. Michael, how different was it entering this season than last one, and were the ex- expectations suddenly repeat or bust? Um, we've been going about it the same way throughout the fall, like just trying to get better every day. And come season, we just want to play our best game every day. And I think we've done a good job so far of that. And I think our expectations, we want to get back and win another national championship, but we just want to take it one game at a time and just continue getting better every day. Yeah, I mean, and I will say this. I know preseason rankings are are more for fun. 
you know, and and I'm sure you looked at them though, right? And and I will point out that the two national polls had you both both had at number two, but someone I won't name names had you at number one coming into the season. I'm just going to put that out there. But um, you know, did you see that? And you're like, you know, kind of like we're not even number one coming in into this. I mean, Tampa is very good. I'm not trying to say anything against Tampa, but you know, do you see a ranking like that when you're the reigning champs and kind of like, all right, let's show them. Cause it, it sure looks like that's kind of how you came out of the gates so far. I mean, that's kind of been our motto since last year. Like just nobody really cares about the Bulldogs and we just kind of take after that and we play with that chip on our shoulder. And I think it helps us when, you know, stuff isn't in our favor. We, we like, we like that. I'll definitely eat some humble pie too, because I'll, when I do my rankings and my articles, I get a lot of parents or fans and they'll reach out to me and they all season, they kept saying, watch Wingate, watch Wingate, they're doing something special. And I'm like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. And I've, I'll admit it, you know, like come tourney time, the smaller schools, they usually struggle. And by the time I watched you guys in the, in the, the SAC tournament, I was kind of like, all right, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. These guys are good. And it was, it was very impressive. It was fun to watch, especially once you got the carry, that was just remarkable. But, you know, speaking about that team coach for you, you have, you get to put the lineup together. You get to put the rotation together and and you've had the luxury this year of having a lot of those guys back, but you did lose some big names. And you said McCann Mellett, who just crushed the ball all the time. And Hunter Dula, who is just one of those leaders. How do you replace that kind of leadership and, and what kind of, which players now do you see kind of stepping into that role? You know, it, <clears throat> it's hard to replace that kind of leadership. And, and I think that was a big step for us when McCann Mellett said, you know, after the COVID year and they were able to get it back and he was a super senior, he said, yeah, I want to come back. And I think it was big, but I think that's also something that he's left on the program. And I think, you know, as we continue to work and continue to move forward as a program that, you know, we're constantly trying to develop leadership guys in our program to continue to, to carry that forward. And I think he was a big part of that. Um, and so like guys like Michael Dansky that you're, that you're having a conversation with now is taking over one of those roles. And I think it's not necessarily just one person, but it's, you know, there's, there's another group of them that we've been trying to really develop, you know, their voice in the program this year. I don't expect you to be like a can or hunter. You guys have got to be your version of yourselves, but you can carry that voice and you've got to get comfortable with it. You know, and so there's been several guys that have stepped up and done that. Justin Guy's been that voice. Michael Dansky's been that voice. Um, you know, Ricky Clark's been that voice. And then, you know, Carson Simpson's been that way, Brody McCullough. So there's there's several different guys that have done it. You know, and as far as on the field, <clears throat> with some of those guys, have, if, you know, there's been, it's kind of been kind of by committee, to be honest with you, that, you know, Mitch Ferris has stepped up. Mike's gotten off to a really good start. Um, Logan McNeely has been very good <clears throat> from behind the plate. You know, Fred Adams has played first base, Gary Christopher and Andrew McKay. It's been a little bit of a revolving door, but that's part of what we feel like is one of our strengths is that we've got some depth. We've got some talent this year. And we want to get them on the field and learn to play and, and continue to, and, you know, progress them and develop them and give them opportunities to be able to step up and, and be able to take over some of those roles. Michael, to you, you have come out of the gates red hot, hitting nearly 500 with three home runs. So take me through a breakdown of your approach at the plate and discuss what type of hitter you are. Uh, I mean, just try to get my pitch, not trying to chase. Uh, usually just trying to hit the fastball. And then sometimes I'll swing at other pitches. I might hit it. 
But mostly just trying to get a fastball that I could put a good swing on and just whatever happens from there happens. Well, talk a little bit. So I think if I read correctly, it was six home runs you hit last year. You're already out to three this year. Do you feel like that's just experience and growing? Did you did you kind of bulk up in the offseason? Are you looking for more of that over-the-fence power, or are you still kind of like a gap-to-gap kind of guy? I I just try to stay gap-to-gap, and, you know, sometimes uh, the ball just seems to fly, especially at home. But, uh, I mean, I think I have gotten stronger from last year, so I think that that helps a lot. But I'm really just trying to stay gap-to-gap in the middle of the field, and, you know, Sometimes they just they just go. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Coach, I see you kind of smiling. Uh, what are your thoughts on like you know any improvements or differences you've seen from this last season to this one with Michael? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> last year you know he was kind of start out the year as a backup shortstop, but we felt like he was one of our better infielders, and we transitioned him over to third, and he got a full year of playing. And, you know, got a lot of experience last year. And then it comes out this year, he's worked really, really hard on all aspects of his game. So it's not just time in the weight room. It's the mental aspects of it. And if I always <clears throat> saw him around the occasion zone, just happened to walk by, what are you working on? He could tell me something specific that he was working on. You know, and I think the big thing that, you know, obviously that, that he's kind of dialed into has just been his pitch selection. Um, you know, it's really about trying to keep everything as simple as possible. But, you know, he's not expanding the zone. And I think when you're able to work yourself into, into good counts and or, you know, go on what you want to go on, put, put good swings on what you're looking for, obviously it's going to be contact where it's going to go up. And when you make a lot of hard contact, <clears throat> it's got a chance for some of the balls to leave the ballpark. But, you know, he's been phenomenal with it, you know, and whether it's, you know, hitting something out of the ballpark or banging a double off the fence that, you know, it's just a competitive bat every single time he's walking up to the plate. Um, and so pitchers have got to really work right now to get him out. <clears throat> and I think that's been the, part of the success so far. Yeah. Yeah. And then speaking of success, obviously, the, you know, the Bulldogs are out to this great 11 and one start, but um, coach for you, I know early in the season, baseball is such a grind, right? You're, you're unlike any other sport, you're playing three or four games a week. you got to focus on your team, but are you watching what's happening in the South Atlantic conference right now? Because everyone's going bananas, right? Lenore Ryan's amazing. Yeah. Anderson's like 11 and one Newberry is taking down all these teams, you know, Catawba, always good. Um, as a coach, you know, is this making you kind of look a little bit more forward to conference play this year and what you're going to have to face and kind of also maybe throw in there, how is the South Atlantic matchup against other conferences? All of a sudden, this the, the little engine that could is like this power conference with all these teams that are, are legitimate teams. Right. Well, I think from the competitive side, I mean, it's exciting you know, that you know that you're playing in a league that's super competitive and you know that every time that you walk on the field and you're going to play somebody of your league, I mean, it's it's going to be good ball games and you're going to have to show up and try to play your best and you figure that they're going to play their best and, you know, you, you've got to make sure that you're tuned in and ready to go. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I think it's something we as coaches in our league have been talking about for a while. We felt like we've had good baseball here. Um, you know, Catawba seems to have been the team that was the most recognizable for a while. But if you watch over the last couple of years, there's been some really good head coaches that have been hired into our league. And I think you're starting to see that now. And they're building their programs. They're making them uh, super competitive. And teams that have traditionally that have been good for a while continue to still, you know, build and become good. You know, even like for us going in this weekend playing Carson Newman, Carson Newman's off to a really strong start. And he's had a team that he's been putting together the last couple of years. And he's had a lot of success over there the past 
as long as he's been there, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you sit there and look around the league and you see how it is and the stuff that we, we feel like has been happening all along, but it hasn't been as recognizable. But now you start to have some of these teams that really get off to some hot starts and it starts drawing some attention. So, you know, I think it kind of speaks for itself. But yeah, I mean, it makes it for an exciting idea. It makes it exciting for the season, you know, and, and the challenge of it. I mean, that's the fun part about playing collegiate athletics. And I think we're all looking forward to that part of it. And we're getting you know, that, that part of the season, you know, started, you know, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, excited for I know it. you are. I mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people. I mean, I've been trying to follow, you know, a little bit more, you know, around the country that, you know, you, you try to <clears throat> dive into it and follow as best you can, you know, but after us making our run last year, get the chance to meet some more head coaches and more to be around some more baseball people and following what some of you know, these programs are doing, but there's a lot of people, a lot of really good programs are off to good starts. And I think that's a good thing. So it's been kind of fun watching it. You know, it's like we've been talking about for a long time that, you know, yeah, it's labeled as D2 baseball, but it's really good baseball. And there's a lot of really talented teams across this country. There's a lot of really talented players across the country, you know, and it's, <clears throat> we've been trying to tell people all along. And I think people are starting to see it now. And obviously what you guys are doing as far as getting out there and getting some recognition for it, mean, I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it continues to open some pathways and open some, you know, some doors for more people to get involved in it. Well, Wayne is the baseball fanatic, but uh, I, I do enjoy going out to the, the park a little bit, especially having a, uh, a team here in my hometown. But, you know, I was a D2 student athlete myself. What, for both of you guys, um, this question is for, makes D2 so special? Michael, we'll start with you. What are some things you've really noticed about this level that you like? Oh, I mean, first off, it's another opportunity to just keep playing baseball. So that's just great and then the competition like it's, it's really good here and you go up against teams that are really good you're seeing arms that are you know mid 90s you're seeing like, guys getting drafted and stuff so it's really good competition and then I think just being on a team like uh, being with your boys all the time it's just it's an awesome experience coach how about you I'm going to answer that part of it too. Well, um, uh, yeah, being a head coach at the D2 level, what's special about that for you? Well, I, I think it's, you know, part of it's the development of players. You know, I think we as coaches have got to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more dialed into what we see <clears throat> and not only see what, what they are now you know, coming out of high school or junior college or, or what we think they can be down the road. And I think part of the things that's really exciting about it is to see guys develop and see players develop, not only as players, but as people, and to see them grow, to see them mature, to see them continue to get better, um, you know, like you guys are talking about Michael, going from one year to the next, to see those kind of things, I mean, it's pretty special, or a guy like Hunter Dula, you know, that comes into your program that's a mid, mid to upper 80s arm, <clears throat> but you feel like, you know, down the road that if he works and really puts the time into it, that something special can happen out of, happen out of it, and then, you know, to see him become a mid-90s arm. And I think that's the unique thing about it. I think that's one of the special things about Division Two. I think you see some people and some players that nobody's really heard about that all of a sudden kind of put themselves on the map. And I think it's just through the development part of it. You know, so the combination of the balance that we were able to create here, um, the development of players, development of people. And I think it's what makes it unique. And I think it's what makes it special. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Hunter, he was drafted by the Giants, right? Was it Giants? That's right. Yeah. Yep. A lot of talent. Well, yeah, and, and it's fun even following him and, and what he's doing now, the fact that, 
know, he's going out to mini camp already and kind of had some conversations with him and talking about some of his things. It's so good hearing him, you know, by the end of the last summer, you know, out in the Giants and go through eight appearances and he hasn't given up a run yet. So it's not like it's just like, you know, hey, the guy plays D2. I mean, this guy is good. And so he gets into professional baseball and he continues to thrive and continues to advance and continues to get better. And I think he's making his way into that organization. I think it says a lot about, you know, like what Mike was saying earlier about the about the players that come out of here, the guys that are drafted. I mean, they're they're good players. And, and even following some of those guys that we saw in the World Series last year to see them get into Pro Bowl, and they're they're doing very, very well. And, you know, and I think that speaks volumes of, you know, like, like Mike was saying, the, the talent that's here, the, the teams that are here, and, and what they're capable of doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and it's always fun to watch that. And, you know, I've been covering it since 2016, so you're preaching to the choir, as they say. I definitely, I definitely see that talent all the time. Yeah, but, no so, okay, gentlemen, that, that was actually the easy part of the show. What what happens now is the hard part. We're going to put you on the D2 Nation hot seat. It's just some fun little rapid-fire questions to, to close out the show. Uh, are you both ready? Let's hope so. <laughs> All right, Bethany, get them started. Okay. Uh, we'll start with you, Michael. Who is your favorite baseball player and team? Uh, Derek Jeter. I'm a Yankees fan. Nice. I like I that. I'm, I'm from uh, I'm from North Jersey. I grew up a Yankees fan myself. Yesterday was uh, Tuesday, Derek Jeter Day for you. There you go. <laughs> uh, Coach, how about you? Uh, I'm a Braves fan. Always have been uh, growing up in, in Georgia for years. I was a Braves fan. Uh, obviously, was a big Greg Maddox fan. Like watched, watching just what he did with Chipper Jones and all those guys at the 90s team. So uh, I'm a Braves guy. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun year for you uh, on every level then. <laughs> yeah, it was a good year. <laughs> yeah. I would have known that. I would have worn my Chipper Jones jersey I've got in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> next question. What is the best baseball movie of all time? Coach, we'll go to you first. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm probably a Major League fan. I love that movie. Great one. I love it. Michael, how about you? Oh, I'm going to go with the Sandlot on this one. I don't know if you can see it. I have, I have the uh, Squints and Wendy Peppercorn statues right there from the Sandlot because I love that movie as well. <laughs> what is in your headphones pregame to get you pumped up for a game? Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> I love some of the answers we get here. <laughs> and, and Coach, um, if you were, you know, had the choice on what's playing over the speakers, what would you pick? Um, <clears throat> I'm a little bit of a metalhead, so I'm a Metallica fan. Um, so I usually put on Pandora, put on Metallica radio station, and I just listen to that. Dude, do most of your uh, student athletes have any idea who Metallica is? Or are we at that point where nobody knows Metallica <laughs> anymore? Uh, I hope not. Um, they know who they are. It's not their. It's not their choice. But I like. I like what those guys put on. Them. I don't let you know. I let them handle the music, and the assistant coaches handle the music for pregame and things like that. So. I like some of the stuff they listen to. I always ask them who it is and who sings this and stuff like that, and they laugh at me, but um, I'm okay with it. (laughs) All right, Michael, what's your favorite food? Um, Pizza. (laughs) Coach? I'm a steak guy. You know, if we're going to go have a meal somewhere, it's like, where can we go find this good steak? And that's just, that's my first choice. 
Bethany, I think that's the most popular answer. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. We had, I think Jacek said that. I think that both Jason, last week. Didn't Jason, they match last Jason week? You said that last week. Yep. Yeah. Um, what's yeah, I think, it, I think all the steak people out here start from blowing out. What's your favorite cut of steak? Is it a fillet? Is it a ribeye or whatever? And that's where you got to start really diving into. Like, yeah, which, yeah. which, which, kind of, which kind of person is? I'm a ribeye guy. I like a ribeye. And Fair how enough. do you get it cooked? Uh, medium rare. Oh. So, why, Bethany? What about you? You're. <laughs> well, I'm more of a uh, a medium to medium well. <laughs> <clears throat> That's that's about how my wife was. I tease her all the time because the first date we ever went on, she ordered a fillet. Now the waiter asked her how she wanted to cook, and she said medium well. And I kind of looked at her and was like, "I'm not so sure about it because I've never heard of a person getting a fillet cooked that done." Um, but I still tease her about it. I've kind of worked her back to a little bit of a solid medium, so we're we're okay with that one. Uh, yeah, I, get, I get a lot of slack uh, for that too, but I think it's like, do you guys even have any cows down there? <laughs> so like you know i've got to look at cows all day so it's like you know i want to make sure that i'm getting it cooked good because i like see them yeah i, I think it's just like a, a midwest thing maybe <laughs> it probably is just a little bit i guess there's still some over here uh, probably not like in the midwest yeah <laughs> what's your favorite binge worthy netflix or television show Either Outer Banks or Game of Thrones. Ooh, two good ones right there. I watched Outer Banks. I like that one. Um, we're on Yellowstone right now. Um, Yellowstone and then Stranger Things have been the two the two shows that we watched the most. I like Stranger Things. We're almost finally at season four. It took them long enough. I know they need to come out with that, that next season. <laughs> uh, all right, last question, and this is a uh, Division One college world series legendary question that they ask at the omaha stadium because of all the food right uh coach we'll go to you first is a hot dog a sandwich you know i've never thought about it um <laughs> i know where people are going with that i'm gonna say no michael um i mean <laughs> it's, right it tears your brain apart Technically, it could be. Technically, it could be. That's not a very clear answer. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with yes. Yes. I mean, they they claim they claim the right answer is yes, but I'm with Coach on this one. It, it, you don't eat a sandwich sideways, right? That's the whole point. <laughs> you know, even when you get one of those subs somewhere, you know, they cut it like they cut it on the side, they fold it up, but you end up turning it over. Hot dogs, <laughs> you don't do that, right? Yeah. I've, I've got uh, one more question actually here. So I feel bad kind of for the listeners that are, you know, we're on YouTube, we're on uh, all the podcast outlets. Uh, I feel bad for the people that aren't watching on YouTube because they don't get to see Michael's awesome mustache. Coach, what do you think about this look? Um, I like it. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to deny, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good looking mustache. Um, he takes care of it. He's groomed. Uh, he's got a little bit of the flow in the back, so that's kind of the look nowadays. So uh, I'm okay with it. You know, it, all that stuff kind of started because I used to have a facial hair policy. You know, you had to be clean shaven except for a mustache. Well, then all these mustaches started popping up, and then I got rid of it. <clears throat> you know, as long as you're clean cut, we're fine. 
but the, the mustaches always make an appearance. They typically will make an appearance leading into March and everything else too. But, you know, I think it looks good on him. Some guys that try to grow one, not so much. Um, this, is, this is all right. Okay. Nice. So you're preparing for for your future as a Yankee where they have, you're only allowed to have a mustache. It's perfect. You're, you're, yeah, you're right. So he's right on it. <laughs> well, that, that wraps up the hot seat. Uh, we want to thank you both for joining us. That was a fun show. Um, obviously we wish you good luck the rest of the way. We got a long way to go. You know, maybe we'll be talking to you again uh, in May, like last year. Uh, but thank you again for coming on. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us. And we do, do appreciate everything you guys do. And we do hope we get a chance to see you a little bit later on in the year. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And remember, D2 Nation, before we go, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you want to listen to a show. Give us a follow, hit us up on Twitter, and we'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.